morning. I think we'll go ahead and get started with our class today. Let's open in, uh, in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this a day in which we can rest in Christ, rest in the promises that you have made for us and the ones that you have accomplished for us. Thank you for that eternal rest that we anticipate as well. And may our day be full of, uh, of remembering what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We begin our class today. I will be giving you this little vignette, 10 Modern Evangelism Myths. And the myth that I'm covering today, just working right through the book, is uh, the book by Ryan Denton is the law should never be offended by our evangelism. Maybe you might understand where that comes from. Vicki is looking confused. Yeah, the, the law should never be offended by our evangelism. Uh, so, as I said, maybe you can understand where this would come from, the idea that uh, that we don't want to offend anybody or turn anybody off. And maybe you know that phrase, you catch more, uh, more flies with honey. And so the concept is that what we want to do is to, uh, to be careful not to put anybody off with the, with the bad news. <laughs> They may not put it that way. They don't want to put anybody off, but we want to invite people to come in. And so we will share just those things that are enjoyable or those good things. And the gospel is full of good things, isn't it? It is the good news, by the way. Uh, so there is that side of, of the gospel presentation that maybe we would lean into and think that we would offend somebody and, and put them off if we tell, tell them the bad news. And is there bad news in the gospel? Let me just, I'll ask you that. Is there bad news in the gospel? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's guilt that is part of the gospel. And it makes you feel bad <laughs> if you stay there. Uh, there is, uh, there's offense to the gospel as well. Offense that comes from the fact that you are not right with God. You are a sinner. And an offense of the judgment, which is an essential part of the gospel message. We've, uh, we've seen some of that. I thought I would read from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 15 through 17. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life, who is sufficient for these things. For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Very picturesque language there, that the gospel is an aroma of life to those who are being saved. 
but it is also an aroma of death to those who are perishing. And one of the purposes of the gospel is to bring light and life to those that God is saving, but it also is a demonstration of the holiness of God, of his judgment against sin. And because of that, it can indeed be offensive to those uh, who do not understand it. Yes, Vicki. Very good. Uh, you, have you read the book? <laughs> Here's one of his discussion questions, and I'll, I'll ask you to elaborate on that. Uh, what's the difference between the gospel offending a, an unbeliever and our behavior or tone offending an unbeliever? So elaborate on, on what you just said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a way in which we will say all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death, and that we all deserve that. And part of the way we present that is going to point fingers to ourselves as well. So we're going to admit our own sinfulness and, and our own deserving of God's, God's wrath and curse, which will lead to the good news that Christ has died for us. Um, uh, so... By, by pointing to ourselves, there is something of a humility that is not uh, lording it over others, like the Pharisee and, uh, that says, uh, I'm glad I'm not a sinner like that, uh, that dirty tax collector over there. So we're, we're admitting that we all have sinned, and, and myself included, so that helps. But uh, I think you've both identified part of that, that, uh, that the law of God condemns us, and, and so we need to speak of that. We need to demonstrate that there is judgment against sin. But uh, without knowledge, without, uh, without uh, uh, in a sense, especially, the, uh, especially perfect knowledge, we can't speak into individuals' lives uh, uh, directly in public ways that can be offensive. Now, I would... I would say that that there are ways that uh, uh, that in more personal conversations where you start to dig deeper into into values and worldviews, where you can begin to apply God's law in more particular ways that is uh, uh, that is more directly ap- ap- appropriate to that person's life. Let me, let me share a quick story here uh, about this. And I've, I've shared this before, but it's a, it's, it fits well in this. And if, I, if I've done this in this class, you can, you can interrupt me and say, oh, you told that story, so I, I forget sometimes. So there is a man named Christian Ajemian, a very 
a bright, a bright man uh, became a pastor in the Reformed Presbyterian Church. I spoiled the end of the story here. So. <laughs> um, but uh, it knows seven or eight different languages, taught linguistics at, to major universities, just really, really smart. But as he describes it, he was miserable. And so he, uh, through circles of friends, was, was told that this counselor in, in Ottawa was a good man that he could go and, and talk to, Pastor Rich Gantz. And so he went to him, and, and he said, Rich nailed me to the wall. He said, you're miserable because you're a sinner. <laughs> so there's the offense of the gospel. Um, and uh, now... now Rich's personality is, is very abrupt and, and very direct. But uh, uh, in his language, he nailed him to the wall with the gospel. And so he was really offended. He went away angry and uh, wouldn't listen to him. And stewed on that for months. Evidently, about half a year later, he, he thought, oh, I, I'm still miserable. Maybe this Pastor Gann says, says softened his tune, I'll go back to him. So he went back to him and he said, he nailed me to the wall again. <laughs> and uh, he went away offended again. He was angry. <laughs> and yet the next day, Sunday morning, he got up and moved by God, said, I need to go to church. And that began the process of his, his conversion. So there the offense was the gospel. First Corinthians 1, or First Corinthians chapter 2, the stumbling block of Jesus Christ uh, that was, was an offense. It was an aroma of life. It was previously an aroma of death. It was something that was offensive to him. So yes, we can be offensive in our, in our tone or the way in which we carry this, but uh, we should not try to soft pedal the truths of the gospel, thinking that uh, we know better, or that, uh, that we can, um, can uh, attract with the good things of the gospel where, uh, by, by downplaying the bad. Yes, Abigail. It does, yes. Yeah. Yeah, misrepresenting God, and we've already spoken about this in our, in our subject here. These are essential, foundational aspects of the gospel that we have to cling to. And so part of the foundational aspect is that, is that there is a God and the nature of God, that he is holy and righteous and justice. He is merciful as well, and we can hold that out. Uh, but if we deny the justice of God, we are... We are are telling lies about God. Henry. I agree. I agree. The justice of God is, is a positive aspect. Yeah. 
Yeah. What what kind of God is it that that uh, that would allow evil to to continue without judgment? It is a positive thing that that God is holy and that He exercises His justice. Uh, otherwise, it's it's just all chaos. There's there is there's no justice in the world. There is no rhyme or reason. There, there's no right or wrong without God and without a holy God. Well, good discussion. Uh, I want to turn our attention now to uh, to talk about the uh, what. Uh, Sam Chan talks about in his in his book titles uh, everyday evangelism and uh, in this chapter he he describes different ways in which our conversations can turn towards gospel truth and in our past lessons we have been meditating on the gospel on how we might uh, might um, listen well to those we are talking about to understand where their values are and and find entry points uh, to to talk about the gospel, which reminds me I wanted to uh, we we talked quite a bit in the last several weeks about uh, ways this might happen. He had a couple of really good examples of this. Um, says, if we begin with God as holy, our gospel presentation might go like this. God is a holy God, but all of us are impure. We are not as good as we should be. Can you hear the way he's talking about sin? Uh, he's uh, talking about the uh, missing the mark of the holiness of God. We fall short of that. We transgress. Yeah, Abigail? Yes, yeah, 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 we all fall short, yeah, we, we acknowledge that we are, are part of that in light of a holy God, so there's that, there's an entry point that it may not begin with God's holiness, but it may be that we, we fall short or we transgress the law of God, which gives that opportunity to talk about the holiness of God and his justice. It goes on, so we deserve to be separated from God forever and have his punishment fall on us. But if we call on Jesus to save us, Jesus will wash away our sins and make us clean. Now we can come near to God. There's an example of how different vocabulary about our sinfulness about salvation can all be brought together. Um, or if we begin with sin as transgression, our gospel pr- presentation could be, we all have done things that we know are wrong. And if we break one law, it's as good as breaking all of God's law. We stand guilty before God. We deserve to be punished by him. But we trust in Jesus' death for us, God will justify us. That, uh, that leans into more of the, that biblical language that you might be more comfortable with. And in a, in a modern world where absolute truths are still acknowledged, 
that idea of transgressing or breaking God's law um, may still have, uh, have uh, an entry point. Or if we begin as, with Jesus as king, our gospel presentation would have these elements. God sent Jesus to be our king, but we have all rebelled against Jesus by living our own way. But God calls on us to repent and submit to Jesus. If we do this, we will be forgiven by God instead of being punished by him. Um, so just some examples of that. And in a future lesson, I want to share a few gospel presentations that uh, that take these elements and, and elaborate on them. And I encourage you to be thinking of your own, just to, uh, thinking again of those different aspects of who God is, what we are like, what the gospel offers, uh, and thinking of how, how that can take a variety of, of forms. I say that because what all of this is aiming at is at some point, we need to speak the gospel to people around us. We need to share these things. And, and that's what we're really aiming at. I described evangelism as, as bringing people to be confronted with Jesus Christ. And all of that, that means the holiness of God, our sin, and, and the Savior. So at some point... Uh, we we want to to speak the good news, and so uh, Chan describes this as uh, as everyday evangelism, and uh, and has a portion of this chapter. Uh, I found some uh, some really good encouragements on how to be proactive in thinking about your relationships and thinking about your conversations. And to be praying and thinking about how to invite people into a different level of conversation. He describes this as coffee, dinner, and gospel. Uh, so, and I'll, I'll describe that, or I'll, I'll tell you how and why. So Chan observes, and, uh, and has some footnotes as to others that have observed this, so, but I'm going to cite Chan here. Observes uh, how our conversations uh, typically can be characterized, and he characterizes them by three concentric circles. Purple today. Three concentric circles, or you might think of, uh, of an onion and the layers of an onion that if you peel one layer off, you come to, the, uh, to another layer underneath. So in this outer layer, we have conversations that are about interest. I'll, I'll do this, and uh, then I'll, I'll, I'll step back here to the mic and define it. So the next would be values. And the world view. 
So by, uh, by interests on that outer layer of the onion, we have conversations that are mostly, mostly descriptive, mostly narrative. Uh, I'll give you one example, but then invite you to give some other examples of, of ways in which conversations often begin. Uh, what did you do this weekend? Can you give me some other examples of of conversations that are beginning on this outer shell that are are descriptive, are are safe, so to speak. Well, I'll come back to that in a moment. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> How about that weather? Did you see the game last night? <laughs> Oh, that's true. That's true. That could uh, go deeper pretty quickly if you're a football fan. Uh, how's work going? Yeah. Any others? Sure, yeah. I missed your church. And hinges a little bit down here to the next one. Let's go ahead and, and talk about, uh, about values. The values would be to begin to talk about what is, uh, what is good or bad. That is something, that's a, there's a value, uh, there's an evaluation in this kind of conversation. It may not come across as, as good or bad, it may be better or worse. Those are a little bit safer of terms. Uh, there's evaluation that is taking place, uh, or wise or unwise. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you one example of this, and then invite you to uh, to share some others that have to do with values. Um, who are you going to vote for this fall? Okay. We have these sayings that around polite. Company, we don't talk about politics. <laughs> why is that, by the way? Why, why don't we, we talk about politics? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it launches into, very quickly, into, into values, and values can be polarizing, or there can be things that are where, where you are, are treading into areas where, where the values that you have may clash with the, uh, with the values of someone else. Dan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. And you mentioned identities. Uh, are there other topics or questions that you might, might ask or conversations you might have that are revealing, revealing of values? Education, either for yourself or, or for your children. Yeah, those are often entertainment. Good. Marriage, yeah, yeah. Abortion, good. Uh, masks, this, uh, this was probably written before that. It, would, it could have been uh, the, maybe a leading topic here for, for values. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are, are some that, um, that might uh, that might begin at this level, but, uh, but move down into here and into here. I, I, I need we need to define this first. So so let's uh, let's talk about worldviews before we talk about uh, moving a conversation uh, to another level. So uh, worldviews uh, are beginning to talk about eternal things. To uh, bluntly to talk about about God, about the Bible, about life, death, humanity, spirituality, uh, the nature of reality. So what kind of questions might we ask that are worldview related? Uh, here I'll give you an example again and invite you to uh, to suggest some others. Uh, do you think there's life after death? That's not about the weather, unless you go from what sure is hot to, uh, you think it's hot now, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we laugh, but uh, um, there may be some who've done that, I don't know, uh, but it's, it's definitely a, a different level of conversation there, isn't it? So I'll invite you to, to think of, of conversations that might have to do with other levels of worldview. Say that again. Yeah, creation versus evolution. I might put that under values, but uh, any of these that we're talking about values will, we're willing, quickly move into a, uh, a discussion about uh, the God who created. God who made man in his own image, so abortion is a, is a violation of that. For instance, the God who made us male and female, uh, things like that. That is a very good one. Do you believe in absolute truth? That one. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. I see you believe we should coexist. Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, seen the bup bumper sticker, coexist. Um, yeah. That's a good one, yeah. Who do you think Jesus of Nazareth is? Yeah. We're talking about uh, 
questions that will get at moving from outside from safe topics to more more eternal truths. And so, who do you think Jesus is? Would would be one of those one of those questions. In a sense, our aim is to be be talking about worldview issues. The question is, how do we get there? How do we get to that conversation? Maybe not. And this is part of the part of the strategy, or, or he uses that term strategy. Uh, Abigail said, uh, "You probably shouldn't begin with with issue, issues right here." Now, uh, in God's providence, remember, uh, think of what Paul says that. Uh, I planted another watered, and God gave the increase. And think of the fact that in, in the history of an individual that God is working on individuals that is bringing to salvation in, in different ways and at different points. And so there have been times where we have reaped where others have sown, and, and they are already right here. They're wanting to know about Jesus. They're wanting to know, uh, uh, tell me about the hope that you have in you. And so there, you, you, as you're listening, you can dive right into uh, those worldview things. But, uh, but I think you're right that in a, in a broader conversation where you are, uh, are either just meeting someone or you're developing a, a friendship or a relationship uh, the other person may not be there. They may be on this area of interest, and that's all that they're willing to talk to you about. And you're wanting to lead them to talk about eternal things. So that's the question. How do, how do we get there? And so, uh, so Chan describes this as... as listening for them to invite you to go deeper or by taking the lead in the conversation in, a, in specific ways to take them, in a sense, by the hand and, and peel back one layer to take them uh, to another level. So he uses the word permission to describe this. And uh, permission being that idea that um, that the other individual is is willing to go ahead to talk about more serious things, and uh, and I've observed this in my own life and my own conversations where uh, where I have I've sought to employ this, I've sought to to invite people into a conversation that is more than just about the weather or about what you do for work, uh, but to invite them to, to go a little deeper. And, uh, and you can do this even in a conversation that is with someone you have, you have just met. And oh, I've... I've I think I may have talked about this impression of, of evangelism that, uh, that you have to be able to 
get onto an airplane and sit down next to a person and while, while you're still taxing, you haven't even taken off yet, you're leading a person to pray with, to receive Jesus Christ. That's really evangelism. Uh, and when I said, I want to dispel that, there's a kind of a pressure uh, mentality that uh, everybody has to be this way. But sitting with someone on, a, on an airplane often gives you a couple of hours to carry on a conversation. And so, uh, so there have been times where, where conversations begin with, uh, uh, hey, are you headed to Dallas today? What, what kind of work leads you there? Um, and then thinking about and listening to them uh, conversations that will lead to to the next step. Um, so I'll give you an example and uh, invite you to give some examples as well. I often take a book with me um, and uh, I'll, I'll read that on the plane if there's, uh, if there's time or opportunity. And uh, that book can be fiction or science fiction, or nonfiction, a Christian book. It doesn't have to be a Christian book, but it provides a topic to begin talking about. I'll see what they're reading. Oh, I love Tolkien. Are you reading Tolkien? What do you like about Tolkien? I start, you start with interest. Oh, you're reading Tolkien. Have you read any others, information kind of things? Have you seen the movies? What do you like about Tolkien? And, and I'm inviting them to, to go a little deeper and to talk about the values that they have and the things that stand out to them in, in that book that will inherently be talking about values. There's self-sacrifice. There's good versus evil. There are, are people who, um, who misuse their power or their position. Those are values. And you, you've taken a conversation to another level that, uh, that when you talk about values and self-sacrifice and... Good versus evil, you are beginning also nudge down into worldview conversations. Let's take another example. Um, I see you have a Make America Great hat about treading into dangerous waters, politics, and it's uh, rabid politics sometimes. Um, how might a conversation go about politics that might lead into values? Now, this could be, uh, it doesn't, doesn't, have to be, doesn't have to be Trump. Uh, it could be, I uh, see you have a I voted for Biden sticker. What might you say to lead someone from interest into, into values? Good, good. What direction do you think this country should go? Or um, 
what direction do you think this country is going in? Uh, value questions, good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good observation. Using the word why okay, has in mind values. Okay, you're inviting them to explain why they are doing something. Why, why would you do that? Now, I introduced a, a topic that I said polite conversation doesn't talk about politics, and if you don't want to wade into those waters, uh, there are other, uh, other topics that you can, uh, can begin with here and take here. So someone's reading Runner's World. What might you talk to them about? On the level of interest, what, what might you ask them? Oh, yeah, sure. What runner doesn't want to talk about their injuries? Uh, that, yeah, and they love to talk about their, their injuries, don't they? Okay, so you got them talking about that. What else might you talk about in the level of interest? Yeah, where do you like to run? Are you, are you a distance runner? How, how far do you, have you, have you ever done a marathon? Lots of things that you could talk about up here. Use a why question now to move us here. <laughs> yeah, it's as simple as that. Why do you like to run? Isn't that interesting? Uh, someone who doesn't like to run, that may, may, you, may, you may ask it incredulously, why in the world would anybody want to run? Why do you want to run? <laughs> yeah. But if you like to run, that question, either way, it might, uh, might lead into further dialogue. You, uh, you get their story. You listen to what, why they like to run. Sam. Ah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Their evaluation of time, where they spend their time, is a value statement. Dan. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a really good observation. When I I hadn't thought about, which I uh, I'll need to. Uh, need to think about more because um, I've I, I I'm I'm not uh, an avid runner. I, I I jog slowly at the gym, but everybody has their earbuds in, and and so people say, well, you should you should get some earbuds, and I and I've left it up here. I've said I've tried it, and I it doesn't really work for me. But. I could have, I could have said, um, I've tried that, but I find that as I run, that I'm thinking about this. I, I'm thinking about um, the day of, ahead of me, 
or how to address uh, the, this problem that I'm facing. I, I use it as a time to run uh, or, to, or to think about these things, sometimes to pray. Uh, so uh, great examples here. You can do this with, um, with other things. Uh, oh, I see you're studying engineering. You like hiking, um, uh, all sorts of things like that. And as, you, as you're talking about values, you begin to, uh, to talk even more about, or there's a back and forth about, about these more eternal things. Um, what do you think this means, that you think the world is going in this direction right now? Um, what, does that, what impact does that have on the soul of a country? What impact does that have on an individual soul? And you are beginning to, uh, to move more and more deeper. So um, one thing that you need to, uh, to do is to practice the art of listening in this, in this conversation. And listening intentionally with a desire to, to move the conversation towards which something different. And Chan tells a story of, of listening and picking up on the hints that people are given, giving. And he observes that if people will, will in, invite you to go deeper with these hints, uh, they may, if you, if you miss it on the first time, they may give it a second time and, and uh, sometimes a third time, and then, they, and then they'll just stop and they'll leave it just in this area of interest. And he tells a story of this uh, conversation with a friend who in the midst of the conversation said, I lost my mom this past year. And uh, he left it up here and, and he said, a friend said this three different times and he never said something to the effect, uh, how has that, how has that uh, changed you or how has that affected you? Um, gave condolences, left it, but left it up here. And he said, to his shame, he left it up there. And the conversation uh, went on, but it never went, went into deeper things. Um, so listening for those, those verbal cues, those permissions that someone may be giving to you that you can follow into another level. And um, listening so that, uh, that you can invite them to another, uh, another level. You, as I said, you can take initiative. Uh, they may not volunteer that, but uh, it may be something that, uh, that you volunteer. You can uh, reflect on a grief in your own life that may... Uh, may elicit them to say something about a grief in, in their own life. And, and there you go. You, have, you begin to talk about those things. So this is why he talks about coffee, dinner, and gospel. Uh, he has that sense of, of moving from, quote-unquote, safe places into more intimate places. He also uh, uses the idea of front yard, backyard, dining room. Um, so 
maybe uh, as you're going in and out of your house, you strike up a conversation with your neighbor as they're, as they're taking their garbage can out, and uh, you get to know them. Uh, you invite them into your backyard for a cookout. That's a little more intimate. Uh, you're, you're inviting them to go a little deeper into a, a conversation. And you invite them into your dining room. You sit down over supper, sit down over a meal. Coffee is, is, is safe. Um, it's a loaded term these days, but don't read into that. A coffee, coffee is safe. Um, sitting down over a meal is a little more intimate and uh, leading towards that intentionality of sharing the gospel. Well, hopefully kind of a practical um, conversation today to say our desire is to get to this point where we can talk about Jesus with individuals and, and how can we get to that conversation. And hopefully some both uh, creative suggestions maybe give you reason to think about uh, intentionally the next time you're in a conversation, uh, listening well, listening carefully to that individual and, and thinking, uh, where, where is an entry point where I can begin to talk about values? Is there a why question? Or uh, what do you like about this? Or your evaluation of that can lead you step-by-step uh, step to talk about the gospel. I'm going to close there, but I do want to ask for your questions or observations. Dan. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest that genuine listening moves you out of the project mentality. If someone is, is, a, is a project, uh, you may ask a question, and, and you don't even listen to what they say. And uh, you're already thinking uh, about what you're going to say and, uh, and making sure that, uh, that you get in what, uh, what is important. Uh, but genuinely listening communicates that, uh, that, that you care. Genuine listening communicates that, uh, that here is someone who's made in the image of God and is deserving of, of being listened to. And it may as well reciprocate from them a listening to you. 
and not just say cursory listening, but a genuine listening. And I would say that this also helps diffuse some of the, the polarizing disagreement mentality that we are in right now. It's, it's, it just devolves into uh, you say this, I, black, I say white, uh, you say up, I say down, and it's, it, it's merely about disagreement. But, but listening to an individual and dialoguing with them about that is very different than disagreeing. Greg. Yes, yeah, 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 and, and we want, there's something in us that wants to fix it, and we, we jump maybe too soon into a fix-it mentality. If you just did this, uh, everything would be hunky-dory. Good, well, uh, I'll give you homework to, uh, to think in this coming week as you enter into a conversation uh, to think about, is this conversation, what level am I on? Are we talking about interests? And, and is there something in this conversation that, that I could prompt them to think about values? Now, uh, one last thing that I forgot to say earlier is that uh, permission may not be granted, and that's okay. Uh, where I, I think about it in, in, in those conversations on the airplane, as I've, as I've asked questions like, like this to move to, to values, and they deflect, um, they're not there. Uh, so I, I leave that. They give one other invitation, but if it doesn't go go deeper. Um, it's not for you to twist their arm. Um, that's where the sovereignty of God and evangelism will lead us to, to leave it there. But, uh, but your assignment is to think about uh, what is a question I might ask to urge people to talk with me about, about uh, deeper things. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you that uh, you do put us in, in relationships in our uh, communities and in our places of work and study and that, uh, that we have a variety of conversations. And Lord, I, I do pray that you would give us wisdom in knowing how to, uh, to intentionally, uh, prayerfully speak in uh, certain of those conversations in a way that leads to more ultimate things. It leads uh, to Jesus. Uh, help us to be perceptive about how to talk about value uh, uh, items and not in an inflammatory way. We, don't, we, we personally don't want to be an offense, but to, to lead to Jesus. Um, God, I pray that you would give us grace in doing this. For Lord, we, we want to be salt and light in this world. We believe that you have made us to be that. And we, we pray that that as we speak the gospel to others, that you would be bringing salvation to them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.